I spent about seven years acting as the press officer for the National Federation of Demolition Contractors. My time at the NFDC took in roughly three and a bit presidents, and despite much of what I've said over the past ten days or thereabouts, there were many high points during my time there. I was the editor of the magazine Demolition Dismantling back when we could manage to get out four issues a year. I was also the editor of the NFDC yearbook when it was written by an actual journalist. I was a co-author of several sets of guidance notes, most notably the original High Reach guidance and the Crusher guidance as well. I got to attend NFDC conventions in Madeira, Sardinia, Mallorca, Barcelona, and perhaps most memorably, Monte Carlo. And together with CEO Howard Button, I helped create the Demo Days that would evolve eventually to become the Demo Expo exhibition of today. Like any job, however, it was not all a bed of roses. There were a lot of meetings, including meetings about meetings. There seemed to be a committee or a working party for pretty much everything. And despite the fact that they had employed the services of a professional journalist, there were many that seemed to believe that they were better qualified in the journalistic arts. But the hardest and most unwelcome part of my job, without question, was the constant passing around of the begging bowl among what we used to call associate members but that are now known as industry service providers. And I'll bet that utterly ridiculous and pointless change of name came from a committee or a working party. You see, each time anyone, myself included, had a bright idea, I was tasked with finding an equipment manufacturer willing to stump up the cash to help make it happen. High Ridge Gardens? Yeah, tap up Kukuric and Caterpillar and possibly Leap Air as well, if my memory serves me correctly. Crusher Gardens? Yeah, phone call to Metso and get them to raid their coffers. Demo Days? Even those that weren't taking a stand could sponsor the flowers on the table, lunch, or even the lunch menu. The number of associate members, or ISPs, is relatively small, and so it always felt like I was milking each of them with increasing regularity. I hated that part of the job, but as it transpires, I may have had that job at a much easier time. It would take a brave soul with a thick skin and ideally zero knowledge of the current state of affairs to make those phone calls today. We now live in an age where, in which equipment manufacturers are fiercely protective of their brand, their reputation and their social values. Imagine trying to get Caterpillar, JCB, Liebherr or Komatsu to sponsor a publication or an event while the Federation remains embroiled in a bid-rigging scandal. I know from experience that brands now do their homework before working with an individual or a company. I've worked with a handful of major brands this year alone, and each has checked everything from my mother's date of birth to my inside leg measurement. I'm exaggerating slightly, but only slightly. They will not, and I repeat, not be exposed to a scandal of any kind. Against that background, the NFDC could, and perhaps should, find its begging bowl empty, at least for the time being. Not that that need necessarily slow things down. Even though its marketing department seems to lie dormant like some ancient and long-forgotten volcano, there is plenty of money in the Federation's overstuffed coffers should it suddenly decide to publish a new set of guidance notes or to host an event of some kind, a seminar on anti-competitive practices or guidance on crisis management might be timely. That, however, is not the Federation way. For decades, it has preferred to sit on its cash reserves while spending the money of others. The question now, I guess, is whether the money of others will now be quite so readily available. And if it isn't, 
does that limit the Federation's ability to do some of the good things it used to do? We shall see.